You're listening to The Scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Alexandra Fernandez. Today in our virtual studio with me, I have David Harder to speak with us about the Catalyst Summit, which is a conference dedicated to psychedelic medicine and its growing role in society, medicine, and commerce. David is the co-founder and has led Catalyst Presents, which is a psychedelic research conference, and Atma Journey Centers, which is a Canadian nonprofit dedicated to bringing psychedelic-assisted therapy to Canadians. So without further ado, let's welcome David on air to CFRC 101.9 FM. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure to have you on air with us today. Before we um, get started, could you please introduce yourself for us and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Yeah, as you mentioned, I have been in the psychedelic uh, medicinal therapeutic space for about five years, six years, I guess. And uh, in the early days, we were basically limited to talking about it in terms of legalities. Mm-hmm. And so we thought the best thing we could do is start a conference that would help destigmatize the use of these medicines in mental health um, and be able to start raising awareness, information, bringing out the research. And since that time, as you're probably aware, psychedelics have really taken center front stage mm-hmm. uh, in therapeutic use. And so now it's a very different uh, world to launch the first live event with Catalyst. We run it twice now annually mm-hmm. online due to COVID, obviously. Right. Uh, but we're so excited to be coming to Kingston and to Queens and to be able to actually meet in person as we do this conference for the first live time. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, so as you mentioned, Queen's University um, will be hosting the third annual Psychedelic Medicine Global Conference presented by Catalyst happening from May 20th to the 22nd. And it will be taking place in person, like you mentioned, but there is also a virtual component. Can you give us a brief overview of this conference and what um, participants can expect to go and to see and to hear about? Yeah, it's a real cross section of uh, research um, different medicines being covered like MDMA and LSD and uh, psilocybin, which is a magic mushrooms active ingredient, uh, going into some of what those are. A lot of uh, connections that are going to be made in terms of businesses coming and researchers coming from uh, all over Canada and the UK. Um, and then some of the business discussions about um, how to raise capital for a, a new kind of market emerging field. Um, working with even Health Canada present to present on what is happening with the changes at Health Canada in regards to psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody like a Paul Stamets, who's a renowned uh, mycologist, he's worked with mushrooms, uh, functional mushrooms for years, and just is a wealth of information and fascinating person to listen to as he talks about what the mushrooms potential is for our planet. Right. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, And like you were saying, um, psychedelic medicine has been at the forefront and especially with sort of the um, different, I guess, opinions that people have about it. Uh, It will be interesting to hear um, professionals and doctors speak um, to the effects and the benefits of psychedelic medicine. Um, And, you know, on that note, what are kind of some of the ethical or moral implications that are being discovered about using psychedelics as medicine, um, if you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. It's a very important topic. And we've got, I think, two or three sessions dedicated directly to ethics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it is such a different kind of a treatment, it's not another pill that suppresses symptoms. It's really 
a psychological tool to help people discover what is at the root of their trauma or PTSD or uh, mental health struggles with like depression, anxiety, etc. Um, so um, with that comes a very different set of ethics and how does a treatment session look like and what are the what are the ground rules around things like touch and holding someone's hand as they're going through somebody re something really deep. There's a lot of different uh, opinions on that. And so we're going to be really exploring that. And r many other um, fields of study, like massage therapy, for example, or, or psychiatry or psychology, they have their colleges and oversight bodies that help create ethical guidelines for the practice of that certain modality. This is such a new field that those mm -hmm. things don't fully exist yet. And there's some real movement towards making that happen and helping bring a high level of ethics and and understanding of what this medicine does so that new therapists coming in have a framework in which to work it's not just like freewheeling uh kind of off-label stuff that there's no control because mm -hmm. we've seen that these medicines are very very powerful and they can be misused right and so we're very concerned that we come out of a very clean and clearly led industry that has around it a serious set of ethics and guidelines for therapists to use and and be able to most effectively help the clients that they're trying to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I completely agree. And, you know, those are definitely concerns that people um, may be nervous about and things that they are worried about. But I think having these conversations and being open and just doing the research and um, talking about the difficult and, you know, ethical implications of psychedelic medicine is just the way that we can kind of progress and move towards using it in treatment to help people uh, reach a better state and quality of life, really. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Mm -hmm. Because we're also seeing that they're very effective. There's, it's not a panacea. It's not going to fix every mental health struggle. Mm -hmm. um, but the 80% success rates in many of the trials we're seeing consistently uh, and that's a very high rate of success. Addictions as well. We're hearing amazing stories with things like aboga and psilocybin mushrooms in treatment of addictions when it's done in a really uh, clear protocol with therapist support before and after. Mm -hmm. And so those kinds of percentages of success are not something to ignore when there's such a mental health crisis happening. Mm -hmm. Such a mental cr mental health crisis happening. And that's definitely been... Um, it's grown a lot, especially since COVID. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of talk and studies and research done that a lot of people have developed um, mental illnesses during the pandemic. And now, you know, coming out of it, um, this new medicine and these uh, new methods of um, treatment uh, are definitely, yeah, definitely things to talk about. Yeah, which is, you know, the whole point of this conference and why it's great to be speaking with you about it. Um, and you are one of the speakers at the conference, yes? Um, I'm on a panelist. I'm helping MC and moderate a lot of it. So I'll okay. be on stage a lot. We're the organizers and uh, making a lot of context with a lot of people and relationships to bring everybody together. We're really mm -hmm. hoping this becomes, and we're seeing it happen already as people are gearing up for it, um, as the name implies, a real catalyst for bringing the industry together Right. and really becoming uh, intentional about like the question about ethics um, and sharing information about how different things are working for different corporations and and not-for-profits and universities mm -hmm. there's a broad section of organizations that are very active in this space and yet right. most of us don't know about each other so that's something that we're really looking to 
to bring together and catalyze an industry in Canada so that we can move this along as quickly as we can given the guidelines and restrictions that we're working with at Health Canada, which their job is to keep the population safe, mm -hmm. uh, which we understand. So we want to come alongside and, and really bring together a movement that, that starts to continue, not begin, but continue to gain steam as we roll towards legalization of these medicines. Yeah, no, that sounds really great. Um, and can you maybe highlight some certain speakers or... Um, yeah, sorry, some speakers or panels that um, people would be interested in checking out that um, are part of the conference over yeah, the three for days? Sure. There's about 39, I think, sessions oh. now, 40 with the business lunch. So there's a lot of activity <laughs> to, to highlight a few. Friday night, we have the Paul Stamets uh, address with uh, Dr. James Philpott. It's going to be there as well. Uh, some of the economic development folks from Kingston. Uh, have been very supportive they're going to be present so that's going to be a really entertaining night in fact there's a band from kingston called the strange happenings they're going to play a set for us mm -hmm. um and that that'll be a, a, a that's a highlight i'm looking forward to uh, but then academically and research wise we've got um a, a gal from toronto doctor working on a study mm -hmm. with um mdma and different contraindications and, and how those can be used in different ways there's a whole panel on trials that are happening in Canada right now. There's like literally dozens of trials in the works or in process of applying mm -hmm. uh, for psychedelics. Um, Tony Bosses, Dr. Anthony Bosses from New York University is going to be there. And he's done a lot of work in trials for years okay. before it was cool to talk about psychedelics. He's been working in this. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Rosalind Watts from the UK. She's been part of the Imperial College trials and she's been working with a number of different things over in, in Europe. And mm -hmm. she'll be present as well, doing a couple of sessions. Um, there's a couple of Indigenous First Nations sessions about how do we work with the realities that these medicines are not new. They've been around for literally centuries. Mm -hmm. And how do we honor traditions and how do we bring together the science and the spiritual uh, traditional uses of these medicines. So that's a very fascinating topic as well. Yeah, that um, one sounds really interesting and such a amazing point to make too, that yes, these have existed for so long and that it's not um you know just now being rediscovered but uh carrying on those traditions and uh, highlighting them in ways uh that were per perhaps and probably misunderstood over the last few years yeah 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 the prohibition on them back in the 70s was devastating but coming back now it's like okay how do we honor the traditions how do we mm -hmm. bring together the practices because there was a lot of wisdom in how they use these medicines as well mm -hmm. we really learn from yeah and um i was doing some research about about you and your background and i know that uh you have um a degree in religious studies a master's and you have a lot of experience as well in um humanitarian relief work and how was um how are those experiences and those um, that education, that work experience, how does that kind of relate to your work in the psychedelic medicine field or how did it kind of get you to this point? I, f I feel like there's the potential for the reasons we were involved in church work was to help people. And I feel mm -hmm. like this, this, these new tools that we're able to help bring to the people have the potential to make a massive impact in the same kind of motivation that we used to work in churches and Bible colleges in, uh, which we've since moved away from. Mm -hmm. uh, but these tools are so powerful for helping people get in touch with the spiritual side of their, their, themselves. 
and in a different way than a religion will, but it still is a very profound spiritual experience that people can, can tap into through the use of psychedelics when they're used properly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of um, divergent path in, from an external point of view, but it feels very much in alignment with what I've always done all my life, which is working with people and communities and, and helping people find themselves and what their motivation and, and purpose is in life. So uh, it is a very, not a typical path. Most mm-hmm. people in this field of either psychology or, or medical professionals or or entrepreneurs, which I feel like that's part of who I am as well. But um, the spiritual path, they're actually doing a study in New York and the, the trial has been done. They just haven't released the results, but it was a uh, religious leaders going through a psychedelic experience with psilocybin. Oh, okay. And I'm fascinating to he- fascinated to hear what the results of that will be because they had uh, Jewish rabbis and Catholic priests and Protestant ministers as well all take this medicine. And it's going to be curious to see whether it reinforces their religious beliefs or changes it in any way. It's going to be very interesting to, to look at what that is. Mm-hmm, and I have yeah. a personal very keen interest in that study because of my background as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's not something you hear of, you know, religious leaders uh, participating in an experience like this and using treatments like this. But yeah, that would be really interesting to read the results. Um, And more of a personal question to you in psychedelic medicine. Why do you believe that psychedelic medicine can be useful to people as a form of healing? Because people don't typically look at psychedelics um, as a way of treating and healing and things like that. They see it in a way of people quite honestly being irresponsible. So uh, why do you think that there's a lot more to it and that you see it in this very positive way? The growing mountain of evidence is the first, I would say, the research that has been done for the past, well, 50 years since LSD was invented, seven years ago, probably more now. Um, There's, it's an un- hard to argue against the mountain of evidence that is out there right now. If you start doing research on MDMA and psilocybin, even LSD, which was highly researched back in the 60s, mm-hmm. the evidence of how effective it can be when it's used in a therapeutic use, and even sometimes in a quote-unquote recreational use, and people have these amazing experiences, which we don't recommend because it can also go sideways on people. But there's both anecdotal and documented research, uh, peer-reviewed papers that point to the fact that there's something that happens in our brains and in our spiritual side of who we are as humans Mm. that can be highly effective for dealing with childhood trauma and for PTSD and debilitating depression. And the the evidence is just, you can't ignore it anymore. Um, Mm. Personally, we can get into some experiences I've had personally as well and just anecdotally how it's made such a huge difference in my purpose in life and my ability to self-regulate and uh, there's just so many people that I know personally because I work in this field that have come and told me their stories um, that it's just very difficult to ignore anymore and so that has been a huge both those sides of the anecdotal and the research are so overwhelmingly positive Mm -hmm. that it is something that we just we need to pursue this and we need to get it across the line and we need to do it in a way that is going to help people and not become something dangerous uh, because it is very powerful Mm -hmm. uh, but it is um, brought to the people in a very good way yeah 
All right. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add before we end off? Um, no, I would just say if you're in Kingston or if you're at Queens, uh, we would highly welcome you to join us. We also have the full online version, which is uh, tickets are available as well at Eventbrite. And um, it's it's going to be a, an incredible weekend. I can't wait to to meet a lot of the folks there from the city of Kingston. And I want to say, too, there's been very good support from Queen's University. We have a number of professors that are being part of this. Uh, we're hosting it in the dorm. We're staying in the dorms and hanging out there in the dining hall. And <laughs> Grant Hall is going to uh, be hosting a lot of the big sessions, BioSci Center. So we're just really excited and grateful for Kingston and the Queen's University for being so gracious to bring us in. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever been to Kingston before? We did do a scouting tour last fall to check it out. So okay. we got to see the place and do a little tour and check out the waterfront. And yeah, we just loved it. Yeah, no, that's so great to hear. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining me on CFRC to discuss um, the Catalyst Summit Psychedelic uh, Research Conference um, or Psychedelic Conference. And uh, I hope that the conference goes well and I hope you have a safe travel to Kingston and uh, hopefully we'll maybe cross paths while you're here. <laughs> Perfect. And one final plug, catalystpresents.ca is our website. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.